In this episode of K-pop Hot Issues, we'll discuss Chris Wu, Hype, Cacao, and CJ Takeover SM. Big Hit paves the way over music producers. <laughs> SM claps back against Sasangs, and K-pop fans rally for sustainability. This is the K-Pop Cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-Pop each week. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. I'm your PD name, Michaela. And I'm your host, Stephanie. And take us away with the first news headline, PD Neem. Our first headline is former EXO member Chris Wu detained in China on R-word allegations. R-word? <laughs> yes, R-word allegations. Um, oh, yikes. Yes, so... According to uh, Yonhap Entertainment or Yonhap News, the Beijing police uh, said to have taken him into criminal custody on R-word charges um, after allegations from uh, multiple females. Um, minors. Female yes, minors. minors. Yes. Um, again, they haven't released anything specific as to the update as to you know whether he's actually being you know charged, we just know that they're investigating him currently. Like, do you believe the allegations? Is it something that you just wait until? I you know I'll I'll wait and see, but I feel like we have to remember this caveat: the fact that this is happening in China, and China doesn't have an independent judiciary, and it also likes to just destroy its celebrities to create scandal to distract people from other things like i said i don't want to say that you know i would want to them to definitely investigate this and take all of these women's allegations seriously but there are just a lot of things going on with this with this story because he's a huge celebrity in china and they you know you, they don't like their celebrities to get mm. too huge i hadn't thought about that angle thanks michaela yeah that's just where I'm coming from. I, you know, I am a Chris fan, so I, I, but I'm not delusional in thinking that he he isn't capable of doing this. But like I said, I I feel like there's a lot to take into this. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think as as a you know responsible K-pop fan, like this is like maybe the right thing to do is to like kind of hold and pause, exactly, <laughs> not take a side necessarily. Um, of course, be willing to to listen to um, those who uh, are lacking in, in power in the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, certainly you want to air and hear uh, the concerns from uh, those who uh, are, are raising these allegations because it, it takes a, certainly a, lot, a great deal of bravery to to do this. Yeah, and especially it's not since they're minors. That you know. Yeah. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> so, next news headline. Mm -hmm. um, Hybe, in its continuation of taking over the K-pop industry. World domination. <laughs> um, as well as, well, Hybe is not alone. So, Kakao and CJNM, um, or CJ Entertainment. Sorry, I yeah. don't know what the, okay. CJ Entertainment mm -hmm. um, are reportedly running for the takeover of Lee Suman's shares in SM Entertainment. So, um, and I guess like what Lisa Mon has, did he already sell his shares or is he in the process of it right now? I, I, he probably announced it, but he hasn't sold yet. Yeah. 
specifically, they reported that they denied Hybe uh, the sale of shares. I I think it's snubbed again. I'm actually, I'm watching the drama Imitation right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Michaela, for the tip. And there's just like so, so much petty, petty mm-hmm. actions going on between the different K-pop label CEOs uh, in the show. So I yeah. ripped from the headlines as far as I'm concerned. I know, like, right? I don't sure know what's real Isuman or fake. and Bang but... are not on good terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, it's so weird because like, like what, American publicly traded companies mm-hmm. executives are like they don't get to decide as much as it is like you know they speak with a board and they plan out like you know right right you're plus out like okay we're just gonna sell it on on this day and you know whatever the market is it is what it is so because mm-hmm. they don't want to like have that like an executive selling shares to be an indicator of a business one way or another okay because for me i was like the the shares they they said is like eighteen point seven five percent stake in the company, so it's like about two That's to three point five billion dollars, which is a lot. And it just made me think of the fact that the story that we talked about with Emily last time about how the fact that SM is no longer a blue chip company, yeah, you know, it is. I don't know much about business, but is you know this kind of like the them you know fronting and being reminding them that they you know they're worth that much. Or, you know, is it a way to, to regain some kind of footing with with in terms of like maybe, you know, going back up to that blue chip status? The I don't world think so. may never I think know. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're sliding down. That's the only story here. Mm-hmm. And Isuman's trying to get out while he can. Oh, gosh. On the, what, the golden parachute kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe because he has been like very much the front man in the past few months. Like, you know, when they they had that Congress and he was kind of like front and center throughout the whole thing. Yep. It does kind of feel like he's taking a step back from business and being more of like an artist creator personality kind of thing. It's the dream. Well, one thing that kind of surprised me in this um, story that you linked to us, Michaela, so this mm-hmm. is from bandwagon.asia. The author wrote that SM Entertainment currently holds 20% of Korea's entertainment market just behind Hype, who controls 33%. And I, mm. you know, honestly, my like non-scientific, non-quantitative, like <laughs> armchair couch, brain. you know, fan speculation, anecdotal perspective of it felt like Hype owned more. Mm. But it, it just shows mm. you that, um, yeah, SM still got like a fighting 20% of the entertainment market. So, it's, of course, you know, we know the trajectory, the, the direction right now, but, you know, imagine Hype, you know, acquiring all that. Well, they're not getting any of SM, at least. <laughs> they're not getting uh-huh. any of that that 20% from <laughs> SM. <laughs> all right. The pettiness. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Hybe, um, we have a story about one of their sub-labels, Big Hit Music. Um, so it was reported that Big Hit Music is accused of using producers as free labor, free labor for TXT's comeback. So what this came about because uh, I can't pronounce this uh, producer's name. It's probably but Goopy. 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 Guppy. Goopy. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were popping off on Twitter saying that uh, the K-pop band TXT pitted a bunch of hyper pop producers against each other without telling any of them. And I'm curious who got chosen to do the beat 
Um, this is reported from like the archive of his tweets that that Koreabu made that are now deleted. So I don't know. He's he's accusing yeah. them. His of second like, tweet says, "I didn't get chosen to do the beat, mm-hmm. and I spent weeks on it. So I'm leaking the info." Lol. More petty. Keep it coming. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, you know, sometimes, like, um, agency world, like, you'll you'll all be pitching the business, and you're pitching a business against other agencies, and you don't always know who's in the running. So mm-hmm. you'll be like, "Oh, you know, I guess I didn't get it. Who did?" And then, like, then you start to be more public about, like, you know, trying to figure out oh, who who's left in the running. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you, you would, I don't know, like, part of me wants to say, like you would kind of expect this to be like the RFP RFI model where it's like, yeah, we're going to pit up this request and we'll, we'll just kind of pick, I guess the issue is that like they, all these producers, they, they uniquely produce music hooks, sounds or, or, or ingredients of a song. Yeah, specifically for this in. project. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why I was actually surprised. Cause like from my, my minimal knowledge of the music business industry, I thought, you know, when you, when you get, commission to produce a demo you would get paid for that work even if it's not picked like it's they're still asking you Mm. to put in time and effort but i i don't i think it's just like there are just so many more producers than there are Mm -hmm. paying labels uh that they can pick and choose and um i i I, I think that's like that's by design that's intentional that's the monopoly at work which doesn't want workers to be able to negotiate or demand a wage at all just to Mm. do free labor like i'm reminded of you know it in the like I don't know, before the Great Depression, the industrial (laughs) industrialization where workers would line up outside the factory hoping to get picked to get work that day um, Mm -hmm. for a few hours. And the boss would just like pick whoever he likes or whoever his nephew is uh, married to, whoever his niece is married to or something. And the the workers just had no power until they all got together and started telling each other and organizing and, and moving mm-hmm. as a unit. So I'm I'm reminded here of um, I don't know if y'all remember Tiffany Red, uh, yeah. who like tweeted yeah. or po- post on social media about how K-pop labels often uh, take the hard labor of producers and don't credit them, don't pay them at all, even after promising to do the above. So. I am, you know, not surprised that all of the labels are just doing what they can get away with uh, if and until the workers or the producers in this case band together and, and demand something else. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely what it's going to take. And I think it was it's funny. Like, so again, you know, Guppy, Goopy, whatever, tweeted this and then you just saw everyone come out of the woodwork. They were like, oh, yeah, it's also in that pitch or also, mm-hmm. you know, so that, I didn't get the beat. Demo. Did you get the beat? Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, and it's it's one it's one thing I think for the label to put out a request, put out a pitch, um, but let people know that they might not be picked and that they might mm. not be compensated. Like just the information up front is enough for producers to have more more freedom to consent to this kind of arrangement if if they want to. Exactly. Right? Um, it, yeah, it's pretty nasty that they were not informed. Yeah, but again, it's probably not. It's common. <laughs> so i i guess i can air some dirty laundry um Ooh, please spill, do. It. spill it spill in, it in the pr world like again similar story right for pitching uh, mm-hmm. on agency side i remember one time 
we went in to a pitch to yeah what the hell i'll i'll, I'll smear their name we went to a pitch with salesforce and mm. we said like here's the creative idea and um they decided not to use us mm. and then like two months later we saw them using exactly the creative idea that we gave them exactly after they hired someone else it's like yep. wow they just stole our idea yep without yep. paying us we gave that to them for free okay that too. this even happens during the interview process at companies they'll oh, yeah. ask you to like you know yeah submit a sample and not even a sample of your work but to do a a pitch or a project or a whole business proposal they ask you to provide that and then they don't pick you and they use your ideas for free yep Anyway, so get organized, so, y'all. So, yeah, it's it's not, yeah, <laughs> get organized, fight back. And yes, it is not just Big Hit doing this. It's across K-pop, across like all these big industries. Mm-hmm. Oh, Welcome we should, to um, capitalist exploitation. Yeah. Do you, right. Stephanie, do you, do you want to, or Peter, do you want to read I'll, that? I'll read it. So, by the way, I actually met up with Chris uh, this past week while we were oh, both in did? New York. So it was nice. really great. Oh, yeah, I saw that Chris. picture. That was great. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, CCTV uh, host and, and a fellow K-pop cast listener, Chris, uh, uh, shared in our Slack that in, in response to this article, mm-hmm. he shared, while it isn't the best system, it is common practice to ask a ton of different producers to submit songs to an artist with no guarantee of money unless the song is accepted and used. It's just the nature of the game and a very competitive industry. I don't see the need to come up publicly complain about it if you wanted a front end or some sort of commencement fee he could have asked for this management or his lawyer to negotiate that as part of the deal so there you go and by the way chris um let's see what what can i say i don't want to get chris in trouble but i think he he would (laughs) allow me to say that he he used to work uh for a western um talent Mm -hmm. agency so he knows western music talent so yeah he's a professional yeah yeah, yeah, I know. Great, great to have an industry insider um, say how it is. That doesn't make me happier about <laughs> the situation. Right. And yeah, the, the key point there about like, oh, you could you could have negotiated. It's like um, if there's an inherent power imbalance, then even no negotiation. It, it, if, if there <clears throat> The thing I want to point out, though, is if there's an inherent information asymmetry, like information is being withheld or one party in the negotiation is being lied to, then, you know, negotiation is is not even on the table in this sense. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with the sentiment. Just another interesting anecdote. I, I was listening to um, producers at Kairos Music and they, they produce lots of hits for K-pop groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talk about how in a lot of these, um, I guess like A&R with these K-pop labels, sometimes with the artists and musicians in the room with them, um, not only is it them and the label A&R, but it's also uh, other producers <laughs> who are trying to pitch <laughs> to get their songs accepted. And a lot of times though, that creates like a, you know, less savory dynamic because it's like, Obviously, all the producers are kind of at odds with each other because they want yeah. their hook, their part of the song chosen, or or their complete song chosen. Um, but I think that at least you know the way 
I believe Kairos um, described it is like they just go into it like, you know, honest. They they compliment other producers. They just get into the zone of like what's best for the music, what's best for like, you know, make it a collaborative session. But uh, I just want to bring up that 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 dynamic, however, um, persists in the industry. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Kairos is not desperate enough. <laughs> they must be financially okay, right? I, well, I don't know about that. I think it's... <laughs> anyway, uh, next news headline. Um, so Tamar Herman writes that the mm-hmm. K-pop label to EXO and NCT tackles invasive fans as South Korea updates its anti-stalking law. So uh, what? this is namely SM Entertainment saying... We'll get yeah, you. We'll, yeah. like, we'll go for you, Sasangs, <laughs> if you really take it there. Um, the label says it'll take action against invasive behavior, including uh, by those who follow artists excessively in, in, into taxis, pursue them into their homes, mm-hmm. or when they do compulsory military service in South Korea, following them into their military base. So, Typical like, really crazy. I mean, trash these are iconic. Oh, that's not Sasang. even the craziest stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's a move in the right direction. But yeah. like, why? Okay. As much as we knock on like capitalism and everything, I, I don't know. Maybe this is an anti-capitalism. I want to hear this. Why, why? Why did? Why does it have to be SM that has to be the enforcer of this? Why couldn't it not be like mm. another third party that just kind of does this across the board? Because I, I think, like you know, frankly, maybe why the reason SM was hesitant to perhaps may have been hesitant to do this until date. Uh, it was just because uh, they didn't want to alienate a lucrative segment mm-hmm. of, um, you know, their their consumers. Uh, yeah. And also, it's, I'm sure it's costly to, to persecute. Um, yeah. And and that's what Tamar even points out, that like they are long recognized for having this kind of hands off approach to this toxic fan culture because, you know, it's seen as profitable to them. Mm hmm. Right. So like if you can give this like responsibility to a, like a third party and just let them like, you know, enforce it militarily, then like at least the labels don't have to look like the bad guys mm-hmm. to the saucings. And it just I think maybe I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying this out there. You can be like, Peter, Lowe, this sounds really vaguely familiar to past work that you've done. But maybe if they gave it to like a like a third party nonprofit consortium. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, all, That's all the, very specific. All the uh, all the labels, you know, pony money into, and then a that partnership that... on <laughs> idol security, <laughs> perhaps, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, but by the way, partnership on AI, they, they weren't they were not an enforcer of uh, responsible AI. But like mm. uh, like I'm saying, like you know, in an alternative universe, maybe they could like give money like as like membership dues, like industry dues to a industry to another party that that does that mm-hmm. enforcement because mm-hmm. it, it lifts you know rising tide lifts all boats you know big and small benefit from it so yeah and you we do have to point out like this is this is also in response to the fact that you know the korean national assembly voted on this new law against stalking so now not only do they have you know they have the legal backing to be able to go after these people because you know, like the the minimum for like now it's like three years, three million dollar won fine. So they have, you know, not only their own power to to pursue these these stalker fans, but also the government to help them too. Right. 
Yeah, and remember, K-pop is Korean soft power, so the government is willing to do anything mm-hmm. to make K-pop look good. Well, that's, that's right. So. Yeah, say it louder. <laughs> Remind them. All right. And Mass also, this, this was the... in response to like you know we had issues with Mocha in the past. So not only is this great for the industry, but also other issues in Korea regarding stalker-ish things. Yep. Sorry, just wanted to add that. <laughs> okay, move, moving on, right, Peter? Yeah, so ending on a good note, a happy note, mm-hmm. um, K-pop well, fans mobilizing for good. <laughs> Michaela's like, well, <laughs> I heard that. Yes, this is good, but, you know, in the context, this is like, yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. Okay, go for it. Anyway, so uh, no K-pop on a dead planet, end quote, campaign mm-hmm. targets K-pop agencies, artists, and fans to save the earth together. Let's, you know, um, stop climate meltdown. Let's recycle, reuse, reduce. K-pop for planet. Anyway, this organization, um, by the way, I think we actually want to interview them for a future episode on this topic. But um, K-pop for planet, they... uh, they had a what was it they crowdsourced a poll on like ways of like theories of change basically for mm-hmm. uh uh ways they they can reduce um non-sustainable climate change progressing policies commercial practices and i guess fans voted like 99% or something what was the 95.6% mm-hmm. uh saying that uh entertainment companies um, need to be the one. Hmm. What you mean? It's not just all of us as individuals <laughs> in our consumer power. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with the fans here. Mm-hmm. Let's turn that spotlight on to the companies, if anyone, <laughs> because they're doing ninety nine point nine percent of the CO two emissions and on and the damage. Yeah, and you know we've been linked like you know there's they list like okay minimizing packaging or or plastic on albums and merchandise or making it out of recyclable materials or materials that are less or more more sustainable is right. is a big part because you know k-pop sell albums they sell merchandise they sell a lot of things around the world so it, it's it's not just limited to to korea yeah, you, you guys know, um, what was it? It wasn't K-pop. I think it was a Chinese thing. But there was this one example of um, uh, like to vote in some like fan-driven competition. I think like um, it was on milk packaging. And so all these fans were just buying like gallons and gallons of milk right, and, just and then just dumping, dumping it? it out. Yeah. Um, and Sounds then, like the like, U.S. government. <laughs> oh. Right. And then throwing away <laughs> all the, you know, all the packaging waste, you know, they just extract the thing and they just dump out all the food and mm-hmm, cause yeah. all these like environmental issues just so that they can get um, votes for this like completely They're arbitrary, idle. you know, mm-hmm. fan contest. I mean, K-pop is certainly uh, um, susceptible. I think to very similar practices of like, hey, let's produce this thing on mass. Let's get make it a a contest, an adversarial thing. So we get fans versus fans, get them to buy more, and then buy more out of this like arbitrary mark of thought leadership, <laughs> or mm-hmm. like you know 
rank number one instead of rank number two on this list or chart or whatever. Um, so yeah, and one might be chosen, but the rest of you are left with garbage. Sounds like another news story we reported on today. <laughs> yeah. All the song producers yeah, yeah, right, right, put right. it against each other. Yeah. Sounds the same to me. I I don't know like what what I would propose as a new model, but I would just suggest that um if uh labels said like, hey, we're gonna make this the the sustainable album or like eco friendly album, mm-hmm. sure you're gonna pay more for it, but I think fans would be willing to buy it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that's the thing with K-pop fans. Like you know, we'll yeah. we'll buy it <laughs> yeah, because it's whatever. a K-pop thing. You know, it's yeah. the, it's and, the and official specific, merchandise. Specifically it's the official. for fandoms, they'll buy hundreds and thousands of one album just to get a fan sign or just to be selected for the music bank performance on Tuesday or whatever. I know that's wrong. I don't think music bank is on Tuesday, but you know what I mean. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot of of excess that comes with. The, the the things that are produced from from each comeback to comeback yep yeah and nfts are coming into right. popularity but mm-hmm. those are not good mm-hmm. right. <laughs> for mm-hmm. the environment right i wonder I, what say. is what is the environmental impact of streaming stephanie do you <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to talk to our pr team at youtube <laughs> <laughs> Not authorized to comment on our environmental Get some impact. Hyper generic answer. No, it's digital, so there's no impact, right? <laughs> right. Totally. Because I, actually, no, I think I I might even be able to get the Google PR exa- response. Uh, Google mm-hmm. is committed to a um, carbon neutral and has right. been carbon neutral for several years to power Google's data centers. They rely on sustainable energy, so the carbon meaning um, minimum wage workers. Is that a renewable source? <laughs> I, I think Sorry. like you know, no, I know. Wind, you yeah, etc. So wind-powered data centers, or sure. just anything. Yeah, not not uh, fossil fuel um, ah. powered data centers and streaming. So maybe that's what they would argue is. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. There, there's no environmental cost of using YouTube, says Google. No, PR's not at all. It's it's all in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think that concludes our episode. For, okay. Yeah, sorry, uh, we're climate action in your area. Says yes. Blackpink. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a stretch. That's a bit much. Anyway, I think we're gonna dive into that topic deeper in a future yeah, there's, episode. There's a yeah, lot. Looking but, forward to it. Yeah. Maybe for a K-pop chat. A plug. Oh yeah, hey, well, yeah, we'll do a K-pop chat mm-hmm. more on that later. Oh, by the way, can I just talk about something completely like random, non sequitur, not related sure. to anything? Okay, so I did this K-pop gig this last weekend. Yes, and, right. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, mm. Great to see everyone. Also, shout out like I'm glad everyone showed up with their like proof of vaccination and everyone was masked. So shout out to wow. that. Wow, yeah. um, uh, But anyway, we'll, we'll see how much more we can do that. Honestly, with Delta variant. Right. Right things might change but anyway while i was at this event um i played a couple songs by brave girls and some guy had a squirtle plushie oh wow <laughs> like, he perfect had ready just he for brave ready. girls and Born he was ready. like i know who his bias is 
Uh-huh. Dancing with Squirtle for all the Brave Pro songs. I, I just thought that was special. So Cute. it was also really interesting to see what songs were really popular. Like a yeah. lot of songs from 2020. Um, Everglow is definitely, at least in Still the going San Jose, San Jose, Hella Hypey Bay Area K-pop fans. They mm. like Everglow for sure. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Yeah. Everglow forever. Also, I got like five requests for alcohol free by twice and like six no. requests for um what was it um uh, paint the town by by luna so those are really popular oh. songs all girl okay groups. luna yeah luna at least here in the bay area i don't i don't know what it is nationwide or worldwide but mm-hmm. it's an interesting data point bay area yeah. got taste yeah yeah a lot of people ask for those songs so anyway that concludes our Hot issue episode for the I'm sorry. second week of August. Second week of August. The second week of August, yes. Let our listeners know where they can find you each online. I'm at Michaela JK Pop on Twitter. I'm at S Parker2. I'm at DJ Peter Lowe. And you can tweet all of us at the K-pop cast. Lastly, if you want to get to know us better, come make some new friends in the K-pop cast Slack. You can find the link in the description of this episode. Yeah. As well as sign up for our newsletter. Going. So yeah. We talked about a lot of there's a, there's a lot we can touch on with a lot of these topics. Just yeah, yeah, scratch yeah. the surface. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to talk with y'all around these things, and and you can see, be like, Peter, you're so wrong. That that's a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. And <laughs> and you know you know what I, I think here at the K Popcast, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that we believe it's a sign of strength when you're able to change your mind. Mm. Yes, and. Uh, hold a new position based off of new uh, rationale and evidence mm-hmm. and that's usually a good thing yeah like right now I will fully admit I now think alcohol free is daybok <laughs> <gasps> so yeah. there you go lie if you're listening I know I, you got me there alcohol you go, free lie. is daybok <laughs> see there right. growth mm-hmm. growth yeah because <laughs> naturally you know like if you're a certain stan you want to say that you're uncompromising <laughs> you're... anyway okay well let's, let's end it there yeah, um, we'll, we'll catch you all again uh, next episode